Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Down Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson. And I'm Travis Noel. Our first guest on today's episode is Louise Burns. Louise Burns is a multi-instrumentalist musician, producer, broadcast host, and writer. She is a critically acclaimed songwriter who has been long-listed for the Polaris Music Prize in 2011 and most recently for her third record, Young Mopes, in 2017, which was also included in Pacific Sound Radio's Best of 2017 list. Her fourth album, Portraits, is set to drop November 8th on Light Organ Records with her next Canadian tour kicking off on November 2nd. How's it going, Louise? It's going good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, Travis and I are a little little hungover, but it's just because, well, you might be more hungover than me. I'm feeling a little better now, but... I mean, you're in the right day. It's Sunday, right? Yes, That's the, You have exactly. to be hungover on Sunday. If you are a drinker of alcohol, you shall be hungover on Sunday. On Sundays. Right? <laughs> like, I, um, with um, New Year's Day, I, my nickname for it is National Hangover Day. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't love New Year's. I often will avoid the whole party scene on that day because it's just like, I just don't. I want a functional January 1st to set the tone right. But that's a recent thing in my you know, as I get older. <laughs> yeah. Well, just because your hangovers get worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They take bad. up more of your day. Yeah. I lose my voice really quickly these days, too. Ooh, mm-hmm. Not a good thing. No. No. Yeah. How's tour prep going? Because I, I hear you're heading out to Saskatoon in just a few days. Yeah. So I'm leaving on Friday for Saskatoon, and tour prep's been full on. Um, I'm reconfiguring my band just to downsize a little bit to make touring easier. And it's a lot of making backing tracks, a lot of trial and error, um, because there's not enough players to really fulfill what's on the record. So it's been pretty full on, but I don't know. I mean, rehearsing is all I've ever known, so it's nothing new. (laughs) So are you just going to be touring as like a three-piece? Like, how are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, three-piece. And it's myself on bass and keyboards, and I've got a guitar player and a drummer as well. And then SPD, which I have right here, because I was afraid it would be stolen if I left it in my car. (laughs) Not the worst idea to bring that with you. Yeah, It's small, but it's an expensive piece of equipment. It is indeed, yes. Mm -hmm. Do you usually play bass live while singing? Yep. Yep, I have for pretty much ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you have any frame of reference when it comes to that, but I've always kind of had the impression that playing bass and singing is more tricky than playing bass and playing guitar it really depends playing on the guitar part. and singing it I mean. depends on the part for example clowns the song you just played has a really syncopated groovy bass line and i have not yet mastered that while singing the song because the the actual vocal is not necessarily perfectly timed with the music it's a little bit more relaxed so sometimes it's difficult but i can always figure it out i've I started playing and singing at the same time when I was 11, which was 100 years ago. So mm-hmm. it's ingrained in my body to know how to do that. But it's not always super simple. Yeah, for sure. That's something I'd like to try and do because I play bass. 
but I and I can sing, but I can't do both at once. And you can. It, you just have to practice. Yeah, and it's that's really boring. It. Practicing is boring. So that's the thing. You just have to really mm-hmm. make the time, and then you'll be fine. It's that big P word. Yeah. So I hate rehearsing. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I don't mind it, but especially if you're trying to learn something new, you're like. Yeah, I almost prefer a challenge in rehearsal just so I can feel like I'm awake because sometimes I, you know, when you've done it so much, if you're just rehearsing the same band, it's just everyone's kind of checked out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's always the worst feeling when you're spaced out while you're playing Yeah, I hate playing that the feeling. Song. It's the like, worst. Because yeah. then it's just muscle memory at exactly. that point. Exactly, yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. So it's been, you know, fairly well documented that you've been involved in the music industry for over 20 years now. Yeah. And you start with the band Lilix. Mm-hmm. What were some of your biggest takeaways from getting signed to a major label as part of a young band very early in your career? Um, um, uh, that's su- a big question. The big question. Yeah. Uh, I suppose um, you must adopt a sense of humor if you are going to be a lifer like I have chosen to be. Um, you have to grow a backbone and really thick skin. And you have to really love your craft because... Uh, the odds are against you in every way possible, especially if you're a woman. Um, and I think that the biggest takeaway in general is that I'm, I'm really lucky to have found my passion at a young age and something I've made my living doing for a long time, not always in the most, you know, amazing way. But um, I, I've lived a very interesting life because of it, and uh, I'm grateful for that. But there's it's definitely not an easy path to choose, and I've really, yeah, I've developed quite... Uh, quite the thick skin from it (laughs) after obviously the uh lilix was signed to maverick records which folded and the band wound up uh dropped you can say it dropped we were dropped yeah (laughs) yeah but the record label itself kind of fell apart yeah exactly yeah Yeah. uh warner brothers took over a lot of the bigger sellers from the label so Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a merging but not and we were not involved in that which i am quite grateful for to be honest what drew you back to music because obviously you know you got dropped and the band ended as well yeah we ended about a year after we were dropped um i think i've just never not done music so it wasn't really a question of anything else it was just how what form does this take now because um the corporate pop touring you know full-on like pop star stuff is no longer my life which i didn't like anyway so it was really just about finding who I was as a musician and where, who my peers were and, um, I guess, proving proving myself in, to myself, really nobody else, that I could make a life in music. And uh, I tried other things along the way. I went to university. I worked 100 different jobs, including DJing here at Save On Meets like five years ago. And um, I don't know. I've just always – it's just sort of like – a lot of people who are music for a long time say that you don't choose music, it chooses you, which is sort of ridiculous, but it's, I honestly feel that way. Like no matter what I do in my life, I'm always going back to it. So yeah, I just kind of drifted along. Here I am. I I know the feeling my, I was playing in a band for about two years and we played our last show on Thursday night at mm-hmm. Astoria mm-hmm. and quite literally the next day I was reaching out to some friends like, Hey, let's jam. I want to start something new and also just start scouring Craigslist again mm-hmm. yep. for people who are looking for bassists. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, bassists are kind of hard to come by, so you should put yourself out there. People are always looking for a bass player, man. 
bass player and drummers. Hard oh, to find. for sure. Yeah, that's why I like. I've just kind of kept with with bass because you never want for work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's true. Everyone wants to be a guitarist or vocalist. Exactly. Yeah, and I actually hate playing guitar. I hate it. I suck at it. I know too many good guitar players for me to even try. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with just embracing the bass. Yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying it, and it's definitely different than than guitar. Oh, yeah. I don't even really I haven't really played guitar that much. Yeah. So I was just like, well, just stick with stick with bass. Stick with the bass, man. Slap it around a little yeah. bit. No big deal. Besides performing as a solo artist, you also play in the electro indie rock group Golden Youth, okay. and you've toured as a hired gun for a range of other artists. Yeah. Does it help having time away from the stuff you do as a solo artist? Totally, yeah. I am um, really influenced by the people I work with. I've been producing for a few years as well with other artists and that's been a huge inspiration for my own music I've worked with a lot of people who are really good at lyrics or really good at melodies or just everyone's kind of always I'm always inspired and upping my game based on who I'm working with what are you currently working on besides obviously you know the stuff we're going to talk about with the new record uh what have you been doing on the side um, I am just wrapping up a record for a band called The Escapes, who are an amazing band out of White Rock. Uh, I'm working with a recording artist called Gwen, and uh, she's from Oklahoma City, and she's sort of pop meets EDM meets electro, and I'm producing her record. And uh, I'm working with an artist named Molly Annell, who's from Vancouver. She's honestly one of the best singers I've ever heard in my life. She's an incredible musician and songwriter, so... Um, a lot of the stuff will come out next year, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just producing everyone who comes my way. I love it. So that's the main, the main focus. In fact, it's my only focus. That's literally the only thing I'm doing right now, (laughs) aside from tour. Nice. Yeah. Let's see here. Oh yeah. Well, obviously want to, want to dive into the, the new record a little bit, but I wanted to ask you about something you did, uh, just a couple of years ago. So in 2016, you spent a month in the Yukon. I did. As a songwriter songwriter in residence uh, at the Dawson City Music Festival. Yeah. How did this experience help sharpen your, your writing skills? I imagine there's a lot of distraction when you're in the in the hinterlands, as it were. You know, it's, it's kind of the opposite, which is what I loved about it. Being a Vancouver musician, as you know, you're always doing something, playing with someone, attending shows. I'm just constantly working here, doing stuff. And uh, sometimes I find that really difficult to get my writing together. So... I've always traveled to write records, and it was really amazing to have an opportunity to integrate into a completely different culture in Canada and be in this, like, amazing north place with no sunlight and snow and sled dogs and just crazy, crazy experiences and just have nothing to do every day but write and feed myself. Like, it was so amazing. And the people of Dawson City are the best. I have gone back there once in the summertime for the festival, and... I loved it. It was just such a great, amazing, positive experience. And it's the kind of city where you just kind of wander out by yourself one night and then you end up like bartending at a curling club for the mayor. Like it's just the weirdest place. And uh, I love that I was able to really like kind of sit there and think about what I was doing as a songwriter. And I just finished Young Mopes, um, the full on like mixing and everything was done by the time I got there. So I kind of was an in-between record phase, and I wrote a bunch of kind of folky country songs because you can't help but write that way when you're up there. It's just you're around, like, old-timey things. But um, it was really cool. I I would recommend it to any songwriter because it's just – 
you and your instrument and nothing else and you just are sort of forced to face your demons and and become a better performer so yeah did you write any songs that wound up on portraits while you were out there or was that material that's probably going to show up in uh, another capacity it'll be another capacity for sure portraits is super electronic and Mm -hmm. pop influenced and and a lot of this stuff was like me on guitar with like my logic making weird sounds like it's very different and i think it would sit by itself as like an ep or something one day if i kind of polish it up a bit so i've been thinking about what to do with it though i think i have four or five songs that are decent enough to record so yeah we'll see nice yeah to me that sounds like a good kind of in-between record release yeah i think so yeah and i mean i've never been consistent with the sounds i put out so it may as well just throw a country gothic record out there why not right yeah exactly (laughs) and portraits of course is your fourth record as a solo artist what were some of your goals with this release and do you feel you're able to accomplish them a lot of it was just um overcoming my annoying like self-loathing uh self-doubt thing that i think a lot of us go through as artists i I feel like i was just ready to really um move on from my my shell as a songwriter and i think i really pushed myself in the direction of clarity with my lyrics and i was lucky enough to work with damian taylor co-producing and he was just such an amazing encouragement he made me a better producer a better writer and i guess the goal for me was just to be better like I'm always trying to be a better writer it's just yeah I'm never good enough in my own mind so (laughs) this record was about taking it to the next level polishing my craft yeah definitely and based off the singles you've released so far I can hear a very strong 80s pop pop influence throughout um were there any specific artists or records that served as a source of inspiration for portraits yeah i love the blue nile and talk talk like all those sort of sophisticated pop records from the 80s coming out of scotland in the uk i love that sort of like introspective kind of more mature lyricism over top of like beautiful atmospheric music and i love the 80s like big hair big snare i love it all i never have not so i kind of just leaned into that a little bit more but tried to make it modern because there's you being like a throwback kind of gimmick artist is not my goal ever but uh, yeah, definitely those kind of bands. And um, there's this band called Rufus Du Soul that I'm obsessed with. They're a modern, uh, I guess you'd call them electronic band. They're, I don't know if they're EDM. I'm not well versed in that genre, but they're huge influence on what I'm doing now, even though I sound nothing like them. And um, I don't know, I just kind of, I wanted more groove too. So a little bit more R&B and hip hop kind of very subliminally was, subliminally was in there as well. But um yeah, for in terms of 80s records, Annie Lennox, All the Way, Blue Nile, Talk Talk, all that kind of stuff. And everything you've listed out, I mean, I, I'm obviously familiar with Annie Lennox because it's Annie goddamn Lennox. Yeah. But I, I'll admit, I haven't listened to much Talk Talk or Blue Nile. It's good shit, man. Can I swear? Whoops. Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, yeah, this isn't CBC. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, well, that's what I'm used to. It is good shit. It's good fucking shit, actually. It, it, the Blue Nile are, like, my favorite band like their songs are just oh my god they just take you to a certain place and they kind of have like a soundtrack for every emotion and every feeling you have at least for me and they're a bit of a cult band the people who love them really love them and the people who don't know about them like have no idea and I love that as well because I kind of I I can relate to that in my own music and my own career (laughs) 
I think uh, Stereo Gum actually did some retrospective article about one of their big records. Yeah, probably the Hats. 30th anniversary. Yeah, yeah I think Hats. it was Hats. Hats is amazing. I covered Downtown Lights from that record on my last album. And oh, actually, okay. Annie Lennox also covered that song. But it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. And it reminds me, when I listen to it, I know he wrote it about Glasgow, but I think of Vancouver like coming in from the airport at night and you see the downtown facade and it's just like it's so beautiful. And I guess that's kind of one of the benefits you have of covering a song by a lesser known artist is that I thought that was your song. Nice. I like that. Good. Yeah. Then I've it, it fits in very well with the with the rest of the record. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And kind of speaking to Young Mopes, I mean, that record uh, was long listed for the 2017 Polaris Music Prize and received critical acclaim from a number of different music publications, uh, including Stereo Gum. Mm-hmm. Was there any pressure with portraits to put out something as good, if not better, than Young Mopes? Um, mm, I, I think there's always a pressure, and as much as it's easy to say, no way, I always do what I want, like, we always have pressure because, again, I'm, I'm a very competitive person with myself if I... If I'm not better the next time around, then I get really upset. <laughs> but I think ultimately, when you get lost in the process of making an album, you just don't really think about that stuff anymore. And I find it such a problem when you're writing a song and saying, like, this is not radio friendly enough. Like, you just end up ruining it as, as soon as you have that mentality. So I think, um, yeah, for me, I, I just didn't even think about it while making the record. But it was definitely in the back of my mind. Like, I hope this is... I hope a New York Times writes about this one, like, but I, they, I have no control over that, you know, yeah. just the way it goes. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I guess like uh, any sort of pressure would be more just internally and creative, I imagine, because I mean, of yeah. course, you're not not the same sort of pressure being in a band on on Maverick Records years and years <laughs> ago. Yeah, that's a different kind of pressure, and that was some pressure that. I mean, like they told us they'd we had to lose weight before they'd release our record. That's, I read about that's like that. a different kind of pressure. Yeah. Than like making yourself like the best artist you can be. It's just yeah. And it the industry is still like that, even though it's changed and it's progressed a lot, it's still a disaster for being a woman, especially for a woman of color. Like it's not a nice place to be. However, I like being involved in it still because every little bit counts. Every little bit of change counts, so well, and I imagine, you know, you're you're signed to Light Organ, which is a big, I'd say, like, the biggest label in the city, but it's not a major yeah. by any means. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they would never say, like, they just let me do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it seems to me with, with Light Organ especially, like, they, they just seem to have so much respect for the artists that are on their roster, and yeah. they just have so much trust in what what they're doing they really do and we're so lucky because i know from firsthand experience it's not always like that and not even just with major labels with indie labels too i mean they're it can be really unforgiving if you don't sell a certain amount of records you get dropped and i yeah light organ are so supportive and they've always been so so good to me so yeah i'm lucky for sure um let's see where am i of course i'm getting that glare from the yeah, I can't Sunset, because welcome oh, yeah. to winter, even exactly. though it's not winter yet. Yes. I read that uh, Los Angeles plays a big part in the writing and recording of portraits. What can you tell us about the connection between this LP and the city? Well, I kind of grew up in L.A. Um, from the age of 15, 14 to 19. I spent most of my formative years there and doing the band stuff. So I had like a complicated relationship, not only with 
the city of LA, but also with music and how I saw myself as a, a musician and a songwriter and where I, I exist in this universe. So I kind of went back to LA last year to sort of sort myself out and see if I could heal some of those wounds, especially relating to songwriting, because when I was starting out, all of our songs were written to be on radio and written to be in top 40. And like, that's via the early aughts filter. So like, it's mm-hmm. just not, not a great place to be. And, um, I really love LA. I used to really hate it, but I just kind of love that feeling of like, wow, like there's so much possibility and, and for both failure and success. And everyone kind of gets an equal shot in this weird way. If you're, if you're a nobody, if you're somebody, it just kind of all blends into this weird city where people are just super hustling and inspired for the most part. It can be the opposite, and I've been the opposite there. But I don't know. It just it felt like this weird place where I needed to go channel some energy from, and that's what I ended up doing. I wrote pretty much almost all the record down there. So kind of the exact opposite of the, the Yukon experience because yeah. Yeah. plenty of things to yeah. distract yourself with yeah. in L.A., there are, but luckily I'm I'm a pretty focused person. Like if I'm in work mode, I'm in work mode mm-hmm. and that's it. So I was really lucky that I got to write with a lot of people. I did a lot of co-writing, not just for myself, but for other people. And LA is a really cool spot right now. There's a lot going on in pop music and that's kind of where I feel the most comfortable. So um, yeah, I just kind of went back and found myself or at least found one eighth of myself <laughs> well and it's uh it's kind of refreshing to hear that oh yeah i'm using la as a positive source of inspiration yeah. for yeah. this release whereas it's kind of the joke that like any band who's writing about la has something bad to say about la well, yeah brand van 3000 what the hell am i doing drinking in la at 26 right that's like the the song about being a music industry loser in la and i've been that person <laughs> i've lived in the oakwood apartments and had my label ignore us for two months and do nothing but like drink coffee and stare at the sky like I've done that and I know what that feels like but for me that gets that sort of negativity that attachment to something so negative especially music where we're all struggling to be positive all the time and it affects your mental health I just Mm -hmm. said you know what fuck it like I'm gonna go change my perspective and make something good out of what I've started to build so yeah but i do love like la stories like i love when people share like their bullshit la like industry i think it's funny because we've all been there right it's some capacity or another yeah um and i was gonna say it's kind of uh kind of the the negative reinforcement i I feel unfortunately sometimes that's the case with stuff i hear from people who are if not involved in music here, at least adjacent to it, it's just like, oh, it's no fun city. There's nothing to do. Yeah. Da, da, da. I'm like, well, it just reinforces it yourself. Yeah. You just have a shit attitude about the city. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot handle that. Like Vancouver, if you don't know the right people and you don't know where to go, like fair, I would totally see yeah. how you could. But like all you got to do is talk to somebody or go on the internet. It's actually a city full of cool shit happening at all times like i've seen artists who are 16 years old play venues that my friends are playing who are in their 30s i've i've seen so many genre crossovers it's really diversifying which is making me really happy because there has been moments where vancouver's music scene feels a little bit like you know just one type of band is cool like noise three guys in a noise punk wave band or whatever (laughs) but now it's really kind of changing and i love that because I mean, music is, it's silly, right? It's just art, and we shouldn't take it so seriously. It could, everyone here has talent, and 
why not just like get i don't know just do it just do it that's what bothers me the most instead mm-hmm. of being negative just fucking do something you know what i mean yep you gotta not to i not to quote larry the cable guy but i'll kind of quote him here it's just you just got to give her some time you just got to give her some time yeah. and honestly every vancouver musician i know is the hardest working person i've met so it just it's a city full of tons of great people great ideas great music it just there is that weird wash over of, of weird negativity and i think that's a result of being an artist in a city like vancouver where you know we have to have 17 jobs to exist let alone buy new gear you know could be worse could be san fran i know that's true that is very true it could be it could be a lot of places yeah but i think there is something to be said about the fact that we have to work harder yeah is a good thing yeah we shouldn't be struggling i wish there were less conditions in place that made it yeah challenging to cover that end of things but and i mean struggle is relative right like a lot of us we're all fine we're all fine no matter what (laughs) like most people i know that are struggling are struggling in a really relative way so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it depends on your definition exactly speaking of you know working with all sorts of different talented people you worked with a number of different producers and musical collaborators on portraits um who are some of the people that you worked with and what did they add to the recording process Damien Taylor, um, who did most of the record with me, he is my, I call him my guru. He's my mentor. He's my co-producer. He is the most, he's like a genius. He's, and I mean that not in like a flattering way, like a, he's literally a genius. He's been working with Pro Tools since like the early nineties. He just knows everything about technology and mixing and engineering. And he's, he was such a huge influence on me pushing me in a positive way just saying like the song isn't quite where it should be why don't you go back and write it a little bit more and, and he would do that for everything and I just appreciated it so much because I needed that sort of one up one upmanship um, and he mixed the, most of the record as well I worked with Jasper Leak in Los Angeles who's a friend of Damien's and he is Australian and he's like one of those people where you meet him and you're like oh my god you're best friends with every single one of my best friends here in LA who are actually from Vancouver. Like it's the weirdest thing. So him and I did clowns together. And, um, and then I worked with stint who is from Victoria originally. He's a Vancouver, Victoria guy and he lives in LA and we did uh, cheers together. He produced it and I had Anthony Dolhai mix it. Who's a Vancouver guy as well. So it's a very LA record, but there's just, there's a lot of Vancouver involved. <laughs> With those individual songs, did you kind of have it in mind that, oh, hey, this song would be great with this to, did the song match the person or did it kind of come about another way? Like, did you write out the song and go, oh, this would be great for this person to work on it with me? Or is it more kind of like, oh, I like this song. Let's do, let's work on this one. All the stuff I did with Damien, we co-wrote two songs together that became the songs as we wrote them, including the production. Okay. And I wrote Cheers with Stint and I wrote clowns with jasper so they all kind of formulated with the person that ended up working on them yeah nice and uh i understand you also worked with one of the members of japan droids and hannah georges what material did you work on with them dave um dave is my partner and he he played drums for some samples on the record all over the record oh there you go yeah yeah of course and um and then hannah came and sang a few songs for backup vocals yeah that's awesome you have some credits as a producer, and we kind of talked about that a little earlier on the on the show, and you've been doing that a lot more recently. Did you have an opportunity to work on the production of 
self-portraits or was it one of those things that you wanted you know someone else to to handle i co-produced it i co-produced every song except for uh cheers which was all uh stint and i produced sky by myself but yeah it was it's important to me when i make a record i'm i'm so involved like i'm engineering it i'm producing it i'm doing everything because i just can't why wouldn't you? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, of course. I, at this point in my life, in my interests, a lot of artists that I work with have no interest in comping vocals. They don't want to, they don't care about what kind of kick kick drum sound you use. You know, it's a really different process for everyone. But for me, I have to know exactly what's going on. That's the fun for me. That's what I like about music is being a control freak. It's my thing. <laughs> You can control literally every part of it. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah. it's very satisfying. No, but it's also like it's important. Yeah, it is important. To I have. Think. Sorry, well, keep going. What I think the great thing about co-producing your own music is that you're in control, but you have another voice there to say like, okay, wrap that shit up. You are done focusing on that snare sound. Move on. And I like that because it keeps it keeps it more interesting, and there's more ideas in on the table, not just your own, because there's stuff you can not think about by yourself. Damien had some insane ideas that were game changers for all of the songs that he worked on, for example. So, yeah. Which is also always great getting someone else's perspective. Totally. Because you'll never, you can't think of every idea. No, no, you can't. You really can't. No, especially as a bass player, like for guitar, I know what I want, but like, I don't really know how to, yeah, you got to bring people in. (laughs) It's funny for a number of years I think, well, primarily when I was in high school, but I didn't realize how much of guitar sounds were because of pedals. I thought it was like the yeah. plain technique. Yeah, I know. Pedals are amazing. Like, you can make them a guitar sound not like a guitar, which is so fun. Like, wow, you know? It's just stating the obvious, but it's a good time. Yeah. What makes Portrait stand out from your previous albums? Uh, I think I've just gotten better at songwriting. And the production's a little bit more polished, and uh, there's a little less reverb going on, <laughs> which has kind of been my my thing for a long time. Hide my voice behind reverb, but this record I dialed it back a little bit. Do you have a favorite song from from the album? Um, I'm I'm a, not very good at this question because nothing is ever good enough for me. But I think that I really enjoy Clowns right now. I think it sounds pretty good. I'd say so too. There's a lot of uh, it's a lot of imagery you can come up with when it comes with a title and a yeah. epic like that. Which yeah, is... bunch of clowns hanging out dancing. Yeah, and we've uh, we mentioned this earlier on the show, but your next tour kicks off on November second in Saskatoon. That's right. What shows are you looking forward to playing the most? I know it's not a long tour, but you're hitting up a lot of different spots. I'm looking forward to Vancouver because it is the album release party, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I've got an amazing couple of openers. I've got uh, Biawana opening, as well as Michaela Slinger, who is a new artist who I just uh, produced an EP for. And she's she's amazing. Like She's such a an energy light beam. And her music is great. And she's going to be doing, I think, her first show ever with a band. So I'm really stoked to see that. And then Toronto, which is on my birthday. Uh, it's going to be... A very long day with no sleep coming in from Ottawa the night before and have a, a lot of press in the daytime. But I'm very excited because, I don't know, I mean, my friends are going to be there, I think. They, they at least, it could be the best or the worst show. I don't know, actually, if no one shows up and it's my birthday. That'll be a dark moment. But, yeah, Vancouver, Toronto, two cities I've lived in. 
two two important cities too. That's Not that right. any yeah. of the other ones aren't, but they're are, all important. Yes, but, but these ones have my most of my friends in per capita. Yeah. So you've already kind of partially answered this, but you know, what do you have planned for the to make the Vancouver show on November seventh particularly special? Well, I am gonna wear a pink suit, so there's that, and I am going to bring Dom with me, saxophonist. Uh, I've got Jody Glennam joining me for that show as well in my band, and I'm hoping to up my background singer game as well, so there's lots of harmonies. Um, but yeah, nothing crazy, like there's going to be no Stonehenge moment, mm-hmm. like there's no props being used, at least that I can tell. I'm all about just making sure the music sounds good. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to, I tend not to dwell on stuff that's too far in the recent past, but because you brought that up, I do have to ask, how did that, uh, this is Spinal Tap, Oh man, go. it was the funnest. It was the funnest show I've ever done in my life. To, to be honest, it was the best experience, and it was a lot of work. Like we were all, I'll let this mobile thing drive by. This, okay, bye. It was the most work I think I've ever put into any show ever because there was so many. You had to be exact, and there's no click track to the actual soundtrack, so it was all just based on visual. But. Uh, we had Adam Fink, Catherine Hiltz, Ayla Tesla Mabe, and Jody Glennam all in the band. And it was just, everyone was great. Everyone was positive. And to just make, hearing the audience laugh at the same things we were laughing at was just great. Yeah. So were you Derek Smalls, the bassist? In I mean, loosely, really, we were kind of trading off doing everything because some things you can't really perform and sing at the same time. And... You know, we kind of drifted. I was mostly Derek Smalls, but sometimes, sometimes I was Nigel, and then sometimes I was, uh, I was David. So yeah, just depended. Joy's a Joy's a wigs and removable fake mustaches. Oh God, we didn't go that far. It wasn't oh, really? like yeah, no, ah. we just provided the music. And let me tell you, that was a lot. So maybe next time, whatever movie we decide to do, I think Viff and I are plotting something for next year as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, if you were to like go full full bore with it it could get really elaborate and expensive with like the props that's the thing like you'd have to really invest in that because it's not something you could do half half-heartedly you know no. like you have to go full on because there are a lot of nerds out there who would be pissed if you missed out like Derek small's like specific bondage chic or you know nigel's haircut there's a lot to consider so if the but if the price is right maybe yeah well i was just <laughs> thinking i don't know the name of the song but the the song where uh, uh, Derek gets trapped in, like, the pod on stage. Yeah. He doesn't get released until the end of the song. Rock and roll creation. Rock mm-hmm. and roll creation. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, that would be also an elaborate prop. And uh, if Again, I'm not a crafty person. I don't know how to make things with my hands. If I did, I would have built that pod thing. But, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Besides this next Canadian tour, um, how are you looking to promote portraits? Um not at all and i'm kidding um (laughs) i toured india last year and i'm hoping to go back next year nice um i'm hoping to go to japan as well that's on my list plotting some american shows for the spring down the west coast possibly south by um but honestly i'm uh i'm a bit of a studio nerd i just want to get back and write another record that's kind of where i'm at right now so i will definitely tour a lot more in canada too but um yeah we'll see Sounds good. I do have one more video coming out for Cheers. Okay. Is, yeah, that's coming out maybe in a week or two. Yeah, I kind of figured as much because you've already got like a couple that you've dropped for the singles. So Yes, I work with Death Bloopers, Justin Gradine and 
uh, Pete Hag, who do all my videos, and it's very funny, I will tell you that, <laughs> and it's beautiful at the same time. It's coming soon. Looking forward to it. As we're nearing the end of 2019, what have been some of your favorite local releases from this year? Oh, my God. Like singles or like Oh, albums? like uh, EPs or albums. So Apollo Ghost put out a really beautiful ambient record this year. I don't remember the name of it right now because I have no memory. Let me look it up. It was It's just super beautiful, and I need to find the name because that's one of the things that... Uh, but in the meantime, I will say, Jody Glenham is putting out a record next year, and I produced one song that came out this year for her called Friday Night Lights, but her new record she did is amazing. And, um, and I also really love Michaela Slinger's first single called Flux. Uh, Biawana has a song called Young and in Love, but I don't know if that came out this year or last year. I'm I'm kind of an awful Vancouver musician right now because I am when I'm working on something that's all I'm thinking about and it's it's not good for being like a member of the community like I get really removed and it's not okay but anyway Living Memory by Apollo Ghost is beautiful it's very sad and and happy and it's just yeah it's fantastic highly recommended but yeah I mean I don't know man I have the worst memory there's been a lot but I don't remember any of them because again yeah <laughs> yeah no worries I have well now I know to check out that Apollo Ghost record yeah it's really beautiful yeah I've been listening around I've been trying to figure out what would, would be my picks for this year or so yeah what were you, what was what's your pick um so far I mean, two of the, the strongest contenders, because the way we do our um, our best of episodes is we, uh, myself, Travis, and our producer, Jaden, who you met before you came on the air, uh, we all pick two local releases, two Canadian releases, and one international album. And yeah. I think yeah, the front runners for the local releases would be the new Devourers record. <gasps> so good. So yes. Good. Yes. Okay. There. See, in my mind, that was last year. That's how yes. out of it that I was am. early this year. It so was. It yeah. feels like last year. Yeah. And the new Dead Soft record is really, really good. I haven't heard it yet. I love that band. Okay. I will sus. Yeah. They have, um, they have a couple songs on there that are just as good as anything off of their first record. So Amazing. I yeah. Check it out. How can listeners uh, check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to? Oh, you know, the internet, all the internet stuff, Spotify, Apple. I have a website, which I run myself, and that's basically I'm saying avoid it because I never <laughs> update it. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I link my Facebook and Twitter to the Instagram so that they're all three of them are always updated. Nice. Um, that's where I post pretty much everything, actually, because... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what else there even is out there. Tumblr, like, is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think Tumblr kind of fell apart. I think it did too. And I'm not like a luddite with with social media, but I often I just yeah, I'm a Instagram person, and that's kind of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't really get into. I was on Facebook for a while. Well, I'm still on Facebook because I. You, I hate Facebook. I, I, I hate know. it too, but I deleted I have it to. years ago. It's the worst. You don't have to. That's the thing. You don't have the to. The event planning thing. Don't worry about it. Let's, let someone else do it. Like that's what I do. I have no idea if my shows are even up there, but I like it that way. It's less stressful. Nah, I'm not at that point yet. <laughs> yeah, no, neither am I. That's band, the irony. So. Yeah. Well, I'm <clears throat> not on Facebook out of choice, but uh, Instagram. I've been getting into a lot more just because it's like, oh, it's just photos. Nice. It's just memes. Yeah. All yeah. I do is look at memes, to be honest, and like nice interior design and then like gear. That's basically my life. Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> 
It's good for gear. Oh, tons of great gear porn. Yeah, <laughs> on Instagram and great like tutorial videos and just really fun little clippets that are great for nerds. So yeah, Instagram's yeah. great. Instagram's great. And your handle on Instagram because it sounds like that's the leading source. Is it Louise yeah. Burns Music? At Louise Burns Music. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Louise. This was a lot of fun. So much um, fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to hearing that new record and uh, plan on making that show on no, on November 7th because that sounds like it's going to be a good one. I think so. Yeah, it'll be fun. Awesome. So you can check out uh, Portraits by Louise Burns on November 8th and catch her BC shows on November 7th at the Biltmore in Vancouver and November 9th at the Lucky Bar in Victoria. All right, and uh, thanks for listening. We're your hosts, James Olson. And Travis Noel. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Jane Fraze. Travis, how can people check out what we're doing? You can check us out on Facebook, Pacific Sound Radio, as well as our Instagram, at Pacific Sound Radio. Twitter, at Pacific S Radio, YouTube, Pacific Sound Media, as well as our website, PacificSoundRadio.com. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.